Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River, where the weather conditions are perfect for one crop, cotton. My bed sheets are ultra soft, breathable, and extremely durable. They come in a variety of colors, and now for a limited time, when you use your promo code, I'll give you my best offer ever. Buy one set of my Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. I guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. To take advantage of Mike's special offer, buy one set of Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. Call 1-800-958-1819 and use the promo code LEVEL. That's 1-800-958-1819. Promo code LEVEL. Or online at MyPillow.com. Don't forget the promo code LEVEL. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell. You know, we're bringing you a show, Level Headed. It, it means what it means. We're going to be level headed uh, in a world and in a country right now that's so divided. I'm um, a black man. You can probably tell by my, my voice, a little Southern slang is in there. But, you know, I've seen so much. You know, I've seen everything from racism to skinheads. I got children. One child is, is half white and another child is black. I've been in a world where I've seen so much, man, and I'm just tired of the divide. I'm tired of people not being able to have real conversations. And I, and I got a chance to meet my buddy next to me, Mr. Mike Lindell. It was a divine appointment. Sometimes God just put people in your life. <laughs> yes, they going, do. What do you think about this? Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. We're the odd couple. Think about it, my guy. You know, I'm a, I'm a black guy with an afro. And, and you Wait, the guy with a mustache. Crack, I was a crack addict. You know, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was an NFL football player. I'm going, well, I didn't do that. <laughs> so, so, Mike, tell us a little bit why you so passionate about the show, man. Well, because, uh, you know, I come from a crack, I said I was a crack cocaine addict and I come out of that and then I was in a culture coma and I come out of this, I looked around me and all my friends are unemployed, losing their houses and all these things. I'm going, I, this isn't even, what's going on here? They so are. this is what's important to me to get the word out mm-hmm. and the common sense, the level headed, Right. things are going in the right direction. They're going good right now. We're in the biggest revival for me. It's the biggest revival. God gave us grace November 8, 2016. I believe that we, it's a chance to get people back to Jesus and yep. get people back to um, level-headed, um, God right. in the schools and so many things, and get, and get the true news to people. That's right. And, and for me, you know, Mike, playing, I got a chance to play in the National Football League. So, you know, traveling around the country, you know, you see a lot. You see a lot of stories. You know, you're in the locker room with guys. You know, there's 53 men on the, on the roster. That's 53 stories, right. you know, people that are from all over the country, all shapes, sizes, and colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it really did shape my perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do believe that I take a step back and I try to humble myself to see right. other sides. I'm not so opinionated. And right. so that's what this show is about. Absolutely. We're going to try to pass that and spread that message on. Uh, and, and, you know, today we're going to be talking a lot about the cancel culture. Right. And, and, yeah. and I, I actually mentioned the cancel culture to my dad. Uh, earlier this morning, he's like, what is that? And so I looked it up and, you know, the actual definition of cancel culture describes a form of a boycott in which the called out person is also thrust out of social and professional um, circles, either on social media or in the the real world uh, or both. Uh, So they're, you know, they're known as being canceled. 
Right. Uh, what do you think about that, Mike? Well, I'm an expert in both of those things. Uh, they, uh, nowadays, when they say boycott Mike Lindell and my pillow, the other guys on social media go, "Don't boycott him. He'll double his ads." We see enough of that guy. <laughs> and, but back in uh, 2016, before Donald Trump got elected, he had reached out to me. And now you got to realize, Jack, before that. I, I, I didn't know anything about politics. I was the next crack addict. I, I didn't ever vote it. I didn't know anything about politics. And, and the media, I could tell them I'm walking across the street and I'd have, you know, when, hey, how, you, how fast you walking, you know, and all this stuff. Well, then I go meet with uh, Donald Trump before he was elected. And I come back to Minnesota and I did a press release to him. I said, hey, I had, a, you know, had this meeting with, uh, he called out Minnesota businessman. You know, I didn't say if it was a good meeting, bad meeting, or even what we talked about. And all the media just completely blackballed me. They called me racist. They called me wow. evil. They wouldn't let me on. They wouldn't even talk to me. Then even after, in Minnesota? In, even in Minnesota. Then after he won, Jack, after he wins, then they all call me up. Come on now. Come on now. Wow. You can come on. You know, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So you have experienced firsthand the cancel Absolutely. Culture. I didn't even exist to, and, you know. Wow. <laughs> wow. It, that, that's that's amazing. And, and, you know, to that point, Mike, you know, I heard a clip from President Obama. And, you know, people look at President Obama, you may think he's on the left, you may think he's middle. Uh, whatever your political views on Obama is, I want everyone to take a listen. Listen here. But I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because man you see how woke I was I called you out <laughs> let me get on TV watch my show watch Gronish um, you know that's not that's not activism that, that's not bringing about change you know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. Wow. Even Obama is talking about the cancel culture, uh, you know, when there's so many on his party uh, that are really pushing this narrative uh, and this way of thinking. Mike, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think people are going to they're getting tired of it. They're going to see right through it. They're starting to see through it. You know, I mean, they keep blocking it and blocking it going. But but you know what? There's still people that don't get it. That you know they keep boycotting, stopping. You know, and, and because you have these big platforms that can control that, you know, and the media, that's sad. You know, and that's what we have to do is get around that, get the get the common sense, level headed. That's what we need right now. Is is uh, it's almost like an education, like uh, is, you know nowadays. And you think of this. Nowadays, you know, they can copy, they can put completely fake stuff out there if they want to, not just block the real, the real news or the real tr truth, but they can make their own truth. Create their own reality. Create their own reality. Just think if they change our faces and you know, they're getting to that technology, they're going, no, I seen you say it. Well, did, were you there? Did you touch them? You know? Yeah. And, and it, it really is. And I think, you know, our president has stayed on topic with, the fake news narrative mm -hmm. and he's really starting to expose things. I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but you know, over Thanksgiving, um, you know, I live in Florida and all of a sudden we hear this boom through the air. Right. And it was president Trump going with the jets in front of him, right. uh, heading out right. to DC, pick up air force one to then go to Afghanistan right. Right. to have right. Thanksgiving with our troops. Right. Right. But 
you know, before he left, I read an article from Newsweek that says the president is playing golf on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's, well, it, it, it really, man, it was a shock to see. Well, you know what? It's not, it's exposing them. He's exposing them for what they are. You know, when he started out, and then we said, oh, fake news, fake news. Well, for me, I, I realized it firsthand right away. I couldn't believe they did it to me. You know, they were, they were doing it to him all in 15 and going into 16. And then when it happened to me personally, I'm going, what did I do? Yeah. You know, what did I do other than I told people I had a meeting and I wanted to talk to him about it and tell people the world about this amazing guy, man. But what he's doing is just like that when they get caught in the lie. You know, I told you you're going to like this. When I told the fake news, I, get, I give them my direct number, the newspapers and stuff. I give them my direct number. I want them to call. This is um, oh, about a month and a half ago. They give me, up a, give me a call, and they're talked about. This is when the fake recession thing, you know? Oh, yeah, the and recession? They, yeah, and they're waiting on it? They go, yeah, yeah, Mike, you know, the president said uh, that this is just, uh, that, the re- you know, that there's not a recession coming. It's just fake news. And I go, of course it's fake news. I said, and I told this reporter, I said, you should enjoy this economy because maybe you can go get a job at some real news, you know? Right. <laughs> 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 create a real news yeah, outlet. A new, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's sad that they, I would hate, can you imagine being a reporter and you got a report from somebody up above giving you orders. You can't. I, a lot of them don't even believe it in their their, their own right. But they got to. Right. I think they all sit in a room and you got to do this. You like your job, right? Yep. And yeah. that's not level headed. No, no, that's not. That's not level headed. No. And we are trying to to keep everything here level headed. I'm Jack Brewer. That was Mike Lindell. Uh, we're gonna keep bringing you the real news, uh, giving you perspective that the American people really need to hear, Mike. And that's Absolutely. really why we're doing the show. Uh, you know, you hear so much divisiveness and you're mm-hmm. always talking down on this side or that side. Uh, not, not enough people are being positive. There's so much good stuff happening in America. Yes, we're living we in gotta, the great. We got to talk about it and, and, and give praise to that. Right, right. Absolutely. And we've got to give people need hope. And there is we're in the greatest revival in the history of the United States. Right. There's so many great things going on. And, the, you know, one of the things every week we'll give the hope report. They're going to yes, hear it. Yes, we are. Know? And that's, that's coming up a little bit later in the show. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got an exciting, exciting people joining us. Uh, David J. Harris. Uh, who's just an, an incredible man. He's a media, he's a media personality. Uh, he's out there working, fighting a good fight for the American people. But right now, let's take a break. I'm Jack Brewer, Mike Lindell, level-headed. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River, where the weather conditions are perfect for one crop, cotton. My bed sheets are ultra soft, breathable, and extremely durable. They come in a variety of colors, and now for a limited time, when you use your promo code, I'll give you my best offer ever. Buy one set of my Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. I guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. To take advantage of Mike's special offer, buy one set of Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. Call 1-800-958-1819 and use the promo code LEVEL. That's 1-800-958-1819. Promo code LEVEL. Or online at MyPillow.com. Don't forget the promo code LEVEL. This is Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell. This is Level Headed. Uh, we are back now, and we're going to discuss the Gus Johnson situation. It was a big game this weekend, Ohio State versus Michigan. All eyes were on the screen, uh, and Gus Johnson came in to tell an incredible story uh, about pro-life. And, you know, pro-life is one. 
You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, right. we both, you know, we studied the Bible and we've, you know, we both talked about, you know, Jeremiah 1 and 5, you know, he knew us before we were in the womb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, this past weekend, there was a big game. You know, I was watching, unfortunately, my gophers, or our gophers, yeah, got beat. Yeah. You know, we were hoping for them to go on and move on to the Rose Bowl. But Absolutely. Ohio State came out and, you know, both their quarterback, Fields, and J.K. Dobbins, their running back, had exceptional games this weekend. But there was one particular story um, that happened during this Fox Sports was actually broadcasting the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gus Johnson, who's been a long time a sports commentator, very, very well-respected man, uh, told the story about J.K. Dobbins. And his mom actually um, was considering having an abortion and not having him. Uh, she went to the doctor to actually have the abortion and, and uh, changed her mind uh, and now calls him the, the miracle baby. And if you don't know who J.K. Dobbins is, ladies and gentlemen, he's probably the number one running back uh, in the country, projected to go in the first round, um, and just an exceptional, exceptional player. Uh, and his mom was about to abort him. So I wanted everyone to hear uh, these comments from Gus Johnson because the media, the cancel culture has been all over this man. And shame on them. Listen up. What a day for J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins' mom, Maya, became pregnant when she was 18 years old. She went to the doctor because she was thinking about aborting the baby but changed her mind. That baby turned out to be that young man, J.K. Dobbins, who she calls her miracle baby. Mm. Wow. That is quite a story. Jack, your reaction brings tears to your eyes. It does. You know, um, you watch this kid uh, and you see him play, you know, projected to be a first-round pick. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I was like many Americans where, you know, the liberal talking points, you know, had me supporting um, pro-choice, you know, really pushing – uh, that and, and not really understanding what pro-life meant. But, you know, when I got deep in my Bible, deep in the Word, and, and reading Jeremiah 1 and 5 and understanding that the, the Lord said uh, that he knew, he knew you in the womb. Uh, and so those type of things are, are, are what our country needs to start thinking mm-hmm. about, and this is going to really push the conversation. And, and I hope this guy becomes a champion for pro-life. You know, it's important right now uh, to, to have these type of stories out. And, and like I said, man, during this Thanksgiving season, I mean, this is really a time to reflect and, and be thankful for things, and life is one of those things. So Jack, uh, I'm glad is, that he said that. Gus has taken some heat. Uh, yeah, I love him. He does March Madness. He's an amazing announcer. But to talk I mean, it takes a lot of courage to bring up a story like that in the middle of a big game. It takes a lot of courage. You know, it's, there's so much political divide, uh, you know, and the cancel culture is out there. Uh, and they're out there and they're very rampant. You know, I just got back from Liberty University uh, with Jerry Falwell and Charlie Kirk, you know, really pushing these same type of messages and trying to stand up uh, for, for our side, you know, the, the side of Jesus Christ and the side of Christianity uh, and, and, and really, you know, taking a stand for that as well. And it's just, you know, it's truly an honor and a pleasure to be on a show like this uh, where you can say these things and talk about these issues uh, w- without being chastised. And so, you know, you know, to Fox and Friends and the entire Fox Nation, thank you. Well, and stories like this don't have to be political. This is a story of hope. It's not necessarily pro-life or pro-choice. Mm-hmm. It is a story. It's a great story, a story of hope. And it, unfortunately, we just live in a time of partisan divide where people politicize this. Um, but, I, you know, I, I actually appreciate that he told the story. And, Absolutely. you know, I think that people, the people who are giving negative commentary on it have just completely missed the point. Yeah. yeah. Well, God bless Gus Johnson. I yeah. mean, 
Amen. Amen. <laughs> Unreal. That's uh, that's my kind of guy. Hallelujah. I mean, if he, you know, and for him to get attacked now for you know for just saying telling like it is telling a story. I mean, that's it's unbelievable. This uh, you know trying to destroy uh, great things that are said and uh, the story being told. And he, uh, but good for him for just putting it out there. Man, let me read you some of the social media responses. Don't let this eighth victory in a row distract you from the fact that Gus Johnson mentioned that J.K. Dobbins was almost aborted on national television. Why is Gus Johnson talking about Dobbins' mother thinking about having an abortion? Awkward and inappropriate. (laughs) Wow, Gus Johnson, be better, my man. The J.K. Dobbins bit was not a good look. I mean, over and over, I got tons of these in my hand. I can't read them all. Because they're not level-headed. They're not level-headed. I'm telling you. I mean, that's just... Yeah, what the point he's making, like, look at this amazing guy, this amazing human being that God put on this earth, and you're trying to explain that, this, this great story, and he gets blasted for it. How can you, you know? turn that negative? And, and you know what? And, and, and the networks, when they try and do that, you know, hopefully we pray for him that they don't uh, go, hey, we're sorry we can't have you anymore because we're afraid of boycotts. Right. You know, and that's the a shame. The cancel culture. Yeah, the cancel culture. Yeah, it, it, is, it is a shame. That's why we do this show. You know, it's level-headed. Uh, Mike Lindell is bringing the truth. He brings it in his business life. He brings it in his personal life. Uh, you know, I just want to personally give him credit for that because he's helped me on this journey. And a lot of the reason why we're doing this show is because, you know, we were like-minded, man. Oh. We look a little different. <laughs> we look a little you different. You got a little mustache on the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I got, you know, I got the goatee going. No, on, that's Mike. right. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> but, Mike, you know, back to this Gus Johnson situation. I know you have been such a voice. Uh, and actually, this weekend, um, you're heading up to Washington, D.C. to MC uh, the Life is Beautiful Gala. Yeah, um, yeah. And this gala is one that's going to celebrate life and celebrate, yeah. you know, folks who go out and, and stand up for the unborn. You know, when you got a business, you know, you're doing running ads. So your business is directly affected uh, by what people think of you. Right. And so that cancel culture can't be more real for anyone else right. than it is for you. Right. So tell us about that. Well, bit, and man. you know what? I want any businessman out there or any, anybody out there right now, you need to stand up because I'll tell you what, Jack, you know what my best day at my pillow is right now today <laughs> wow. because I keep doing, I, I'm not going to change what I believe in. I'm going to put it out there and I'm not going to back down because of fear. Yeah. I don't fear any boycott or any, whatever. If you don't like what I, what I believe in, you know, I listen to what you believe in, and I listen to what you believe in, and I'll listen, take it in. I might disagree, but you're going to try and destroy my business and destroy all these jobs and destroy my company? What well, ain't happening. It's not going to happen, and I will not back down. And you know what? I just want to give a voice of encouragement to people out there as Christians, as businessmen, as entrepreneurs. Just stay, get out there and talk about stuff. You don't have to fear of getting, oh, what are they going to say? What, you, know, it's right. you know what? Turn off your social media then for two days. It'll pass. <laughs> It'll, come on. <laughs> That's you right. Know, I look forward to when they call me, when they try and, you know, it's funny when they'll call and they'll try and boycott and do this stuff. They'll call me for comments. You should <laughs> see some of the comments I give them. They never print them. They never print they them. They never print them. I'm not kidding. I'll say all these good things. I swear they draw straws at the media. They go, who's got to call Mike Lindell? I'm not calling him. You don't pay me enough. He's going to say good things about the president. Oh. oh, man, Mike, you really do exemplify it, man, because, you know, we both are believers in Christ, and, you know, that's what this show is about. It's mm-hmm. level-headed. Right. Uh, we're not saying that you, we're not against any other religions. We don't get, 
you know, deep or chastise anybody else for their beliefs. But um, I'm so excited, man, because well, we're going to have my my platform. The pillow is my pillow has always been a platform to just for one day for me to be able to speak out for Jesus like I did a pillow. Wow. You know? No businessman says that, Mike. You just said that your business is a platform for Jesus. Absolutely. I, I mean, you see, you're you're one of the most successful businessmen in our country. The president calls you to talk to you about med- manufacturing and calls you to talk to you about all these things uh, economically that go on in our country. But for you to stand here and say that your company is a platform for Jesus, why can't anyone else do that, Mike? Yeah, they, How do well, we get more people well, to do can, it? How do we get them to do it? They can. They just have to. They're just got. Don't live in fear of the all of money. Money's not your God. Jesus is. Oh. And, you know, he's the chairman of your board. You make him chairman of the board. Come. For one thing, I have a lot less decisions to make. <laughs> <laughs> I just pray. I just pray about it and go, okay, you know, since I was saved, all I do it. Now I can be proactive in prayer. My right. prayers before going, okay, God, please get me out of this, man. If I, you know, I, I promise I'll quit crack or whatever, you know, yep. and those were, that might not have been God's will or praying for something, but you know, all of a sudden I get, you know, I did a full surrender to Jesus and now I, my, I can be proactive in prayer. And where's his, where, where is his will? It's in the word. Right. In it's his very, word. it's such a simple thing. And I'm going, okay, just pray about it and have faith. You know, Mike, and, and there's something that we're going to introduce to everybody uh, listening. And that's the hope segment. Uh, I know just sitting here beside you, man, you're giving me hope. Uh, and now America's going to be able to hear from Mike Lindell, not about all the negative that goes on, you know, but highlighting the positive. You know how no, many no. underserved families we have right now who have kids about to graduate from school mm-hmm. as the first per- person in their family. Those are things that we should be celebrating Absolutely. in our country. People are working. We got the lowest unemployment nope. for blacks, um, lowest unemployment for Mexican-Americans, all these different things. And so the hope segment is going to be a powerful one. Nope. Uh, Mike, when we come back, I want you to hit on that. I'm Jack Brewer. This is Level Headed. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River, where the weather conditions are perfect for one crop, cotton. My bed sheets are ultra soft, breathable, and extremely durable. They come in a variety of colors, and now for a limited time, when you use your promo code, I'll give you my best offer ever. Buy one set of my Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. I guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. To take advantage of Mike's special offer, buy one set of Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. Call 1-800-958-1819 and use the promo code LEVEL. That's 1-800-958-1819. Promo code LEVEL or online at MyPillow.com. Don't forget the promo code LEVEL. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell. This is level-headed, uh, bringing you that perspective that everyone needs to consider. You know, dropping the ego at the door, listening to folks, keeping it real, not judging. You know, bringing America together again. That's what level-headed is all about. And Mike, I can't wait for you to tell everybody about your hope segment, man. Yeah, and you know, this is part when uh, when we got to, when Jack and I got together. I had even. A long time ago, maybe a year or two ago, I thought, you know, someday I'm going to have a, a show. And I, want, I just want to get the news out of the good news. 
I see it all around me. So, you know, when I came out of a crack, you know, everybody losing their houses, people were unemployed, all my friends, all these terrible things going on. And then it got, and then it got worse and worse. And then, then things started changing. Things started getting better, but nobody hears about it. And I go, you know, like, how do I get it out there? Well, the media blocks me from saying the good things. So I go, you know what? Just like I did when they stopped me from making a pillow, when they stopped me from going in the stores, I said, fine, I'll just bring it right to the people. We're going to bring the hope report right to the people. Wow. Uh, and these are the great things that are going on. One of the things, Jack, I'll just do an example right now. I see around me, I, you know, when I was an entrepreneur and I invented my pillow, I didn't have a backup plan. There was no backup plan. I didn't have a skill. I had bartender, you know, to other businesses, but, you know, I was an entrepreneur, so I didn't have, I wasn't a carpenter or a football player, you know, and I, I didn't have a skill. You know, I dropped out of college, you know, in the first quarter or whatever it was. And, and so I had no safety net. Nowadays, with this great economy, I see entrepreneurs all around me taking chances on business and, wow. and products because, you know what, if they fail, even if they're a little afraid, they can fall back to a good job. Wow. They got the and courage that, to know, do they it. They got the courage to do it now because of, of this co consumer confidence, the confidence we have. And, you know, this is what I don't want the media. I don't want the news out there to ruin this great place we're going because we have took a turn in history and this turn is a good turn. Mm. And this, you know, this is uh, this is a time I believe it's one of the greatest revivals in history for a Jesus too. Wow. And this is uh, all these things. Everybody wants a joyful, happy life. That's our goal from every political side. I mean, come on. That's what, that's what the goal is, right? That's what, and, and we have to get the hope out there to see, you know what? Look around you and get these reports out. You know, one of the things very dear to me, obviously, I was an ex-crack addict, an ex-gambleholic. You name it, I had it. You know, uh, there was a one-time cigarettes were my fifth worst vice. It didn't wow. even count, you know? Wow. So addiction, I'm going to have this, uh, you know, this um, on the Lindell Recovery Network that will be out there. But uh, I'm going to give reports on that. It's not like how many, how many people died of opiate addiction. It's, I mean, how many people were saved? A lot of people don't know this about Mike. Mike has dedicated a big part of his life. When he comes to do these type of things, he's not always in front, behind his desk trying to make money and sell pillows. He's out here serving. You know, he's a, he, he, he leads through his serving. And so, Mike, explain a little bit. You know, I know this is the Hope Report. But you're bringing hope to so many through this Lindell Recovery Network and um, um, in the way that you're approaching it. Right. Well, you know, I'm going to take it back a little bit here. You know, the, uh, I could never speak in public. I couldn't speak to two people. I had, a, I had a wound deep down where I think all addiction comes from, unworthiness, you know, broken families, things that happen in childhood, trauma. These are my beliefs. Addiction, I don't believe addiction's a disease. Wow. I, I believe it's stuff that manifests from trauma, mm. um, fatherlessness, all these things. And with me, like I say, I had stuff from my childhood. I had, I had trauma later on. I had some, even things I had done where I was shamed in public. I felt so shameful about it. And I couldn't forgive myself. But I'll tell you what, I seen, you know, it's I got put into this big picture with my pillow you know, I told you the first time I went on TV, they go, this guy's the worst guy I've ever seen. He's never going to make it on TV. I mean, I'm going, I, I almost said, yeah, you're right. I'm out of here. You know, I don't want to be, I'm, I'm afraid of it. You know, very shy. Or I would either show off or be very shy, you know. And then as God put me in this position, all of a sudden, what do you mean? I'm going to be speaking. Mm. I'm going to be talking to people. Are you kidding me? And all of a sudden now I'm speaking to big arenas. Right after I had done a full surrender on February 18, 2017, Jack, okay. Wow. I ended up speaking at U.S. Bank Stadium to 50,000 millennials. And it was just a, it was a little five-minute interview. Yep. And then it was, I, I led them in prayer, okay, for, an, for a Saw minute. Saw that. Okay, you see, yeah. 
And I don't even know what I said. The Holy Spirit led me. But I'll tell you what. What what happened to me, three weeks later, my granddaughter and I were at Valley Fair in Minnesota Amusement Park. And all these millennials kept coming up to me, group after group. And at that event, there were Christian bands. There were big speakers. And here's here's Mike Lindell, this ex-crack addict that Mm. sells pillows. And they're coming up to me going, you know, your story, it moved me. You know, I found Jesus. I gave me hope and all this. And and finally, my granddaughter says, um, he's my grandpa. We need to go on rides. <laughs> but the point being is, I was their hope. Yeah. I give them hope. So what I'm doing with my Lindell Recovery Network, there's going to be hundreds of videos. You put in your age, and then you'll put in your addiction. And all these videos are going to pop up, and there will be the commonality of the drug, but all of them are going to give you hope. And wow. Then, and then we'll tell more about that another Man. day. But it's going to... Yeah, what people need is common hope. Common hope. Common hope is the, is the thing. The closest you get to a match, it gives you more hope. Jack, I had a thing where I want to say real quick. When I quit everything, January 16, 2009, in December of 2008, my friend, him and I had both done cocaine at the same time in the early 80s. We both switched to crack in the early 2000s. Wow. He had found the Lord, and we had heard about it for four years. He had been straight, you know, that I'd heard. And I hadn't, <laughs> seen, I hadn't seen him in four years, and he all of a sudden, he showed up in my living room. My mom, you know, I'm at the, I have no furniture. I have nothing left, right? And he shows up like you beam me in. I go, where do you come from, Dick? How you been? He goes, <laughs> and he goes, uh, man, he said, the Lord, let me hear what's, uh, what's going on. I said, well, as long as you're here, I got some questions. And I said to him, I said, Dick, as I said, is it boring? He said, no, man, it ain't boring. But see, anybody wow. else could have walked through that door and it wouldn't have meant as much as him. Right. Or any kind of, you know, you go, people go for addiction. They go to treatment, you know, secular treatment centers and that, you know, and they listen to a guy that's went to college to learn how to tell you how to be treated and mm-hmm. stuff or how, you know, you need an ex-addict that's gotten through, that's found Jesus, got a good foundation, and he's been through what you've been through. Gives you the hope. Gives you the hope. And, and- so you've basically taken on, this is one of the biggest crises of our time. Mm-hmm. You talk about addiction. Oh, absolutely. Right? The biggest. I the think. biggest. Yep. And you see opioid addiction, that's in the news. Yep. You know, crack addictions, all these drug addictions. But you also have sex addiction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gambling. gambling. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're both, they're all up on my platform. Uh, Everything's uh, going to everything, be Everything. Right we got you covered A to Z. But but you're taking it and, and you're you're living that, that hope. And, and I always say, you know, and the goal of this show is to show you, show America and to encourage everybody to live your words through the work of your hands. And Mike, that's what you're doing here with this Hope uh, Initiative through the Lindell Recovery Network. That, that's right. Let me tell you, I was with the guy about a month ago, Jack, and this guy says, you know, to get God back in our country and in our schools, he says it would take like the Great Depression. I said, no, man, it's not going to take. That was people were praying for physical things, for food and everything. That Right now, we have an opportunity. Everyone in this country, it doesn't matter how many forks you eat with, is affected by addiction. Wow. So, And guess who's looking for hope, Jack? Addicts and their families. Yes. They're looking for hope. In this hope report... Uh, it's going to be so exciting. I'm Jack Brewer uh, with Mike Lindell. You're listening to Level Headed. Uh, we have a guest that's going to come up, Mike. And his name is David J. Harris. And uh, I got a, uh, the opportunity. Really, the only reason I met him was because of you. You introduced me to Jerry Falwell and the folks at Liberty University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They invited me out. I got a chance to meet David J. Harris. And hearing his story was, was really incredible. He has a book out that's called Why I Couldn't Stay Silent. Uh, he's a black man. He's a conservative. He's a father. He's a husband. Um, more importantly, he's a Christian. Uh, and, and he saw everything going on with all the negativity and deceit uh, out there uh, about our president, about our country and the things right. that were going on. 
you know, and he tried to do his part to be level-headed. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. Uh, Mike, you're not going to believe this, uh, but he also had a crack at Wow, you could be my hand twin. I can't Man, wait to talk to you. I know, I know. So hold on tight. Hold on. Hold on tight. We're going to have David J. Harris uh, coming on to join us, and you can follow him at, at David J. Harris Jr., uh, and we will be right back. To take advantage of Mike's special offer, buy one set of Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. Call 1-800-958-1819 and use the promo code LEVEL. That's 1-800-958-1819. Promo code LEVEL. Or online at MyPillow.com. Don't forget the promo code LEVEL. Welcome back. This is Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell, and we are welcoming in uh, Mr. David J. Harris, Jr., Dynamic man, as I spoke about earlier, uh, David. Welcome to Level Headed. Absolutely, my pleasure, Jack. Thank you so much. Uh, honored to be here with you and Mike today. So, David, man, you motivated me uh, this past weekend. You know, we were had a, we had a chance to go to Liberty University. I mentioned that earlier in in the show, uh, and you were probably uh, one of the biggest gifts from God that I had during that that time there. Just hearing your story seeing what you're about, you know, following you, seeing your courage uh, and, and knowing what you went through. I think a lot of America uh, can get a lot from that. Won't you tell us a little bit about your story? Well, thank you, Jack. Um, there's a lot to that, uh, my story. But uh, the overarching theme of my story is God is good and there's nothing that we can do to earn his love. And my story is a prime example of that. Raised in the church, my mom's baby book, said that at seven years old, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I don't remember that. But uh, my parents got divorced at nine, went to live with my father, who was a very good man. He actually got me out of the house because there were some things that weren't good health-wise, healthy for me going on. And uh, very, very uh, strong, big black man. I mean, I looked up to him in a lot of ways, but he, he, uh, he took good care of me. But one thing that he he didn't wasn't very good at that a lot of fathers aren't good at is the uh, emotional support that I think sons and daughters obviously need from their moms. You know, I didn't get a lot of I love yous. I didn't get a lot of you know hugs or I'm proud of yous. Mm. It, he 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 took care of me by food on the table, clothes on my back, and I didn't have to worry about. So not understanding that I was missing that growing up, um, I had a lot of uh, bitterness. I'd go visit my mom on the. Uh, during the summertime, and she would give me all those emotional things. You know, if you know the five love languages, she was physical touch, words of affirmation, giving me hugs, telling me I love you, and esteeming me in what she believed God had, had put inside of me. And then I'd go back and live with my dad, and I would get zero of that. Mm. I'd get some of the opposite of that from his his uh, wife at the time. And so I felt really just uh, hurt, and bitterness began to grow in my heart, um, and other ungodly beliefs began to grow in my heart as well. Um, one of which was the, the women I love the most and need the most will leave me. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. understand why at nine years old, I didn't see my mom anymore. I just, I didn't see her anymore. So I, I battled with alcohol and drug, uh, drug addiction as a teenager. And a lot of times you don't call it drug addiction when you're a teenager. Cause a lot of people are just experimenting, but, uh, I like was how old, David? Uh, 15, 16, 17, I was, uh, by the time I was 17, I was the guy at the party that everybody wanted to be around. Mm. I had a pager that would go off 50 to a hundred times a day. 
from people looking for everything from weed to crank to acid or mushrooms. Um, and where and were you 18 living? years old, I was in Redding, California, born and raised in Redding, California, predominantly white area. Um, I remember when, growing up in my teen years, out of all the black folks in town, there was the half that I was related to and the other half. <laughs> it sounds like me, man. <laughs> Great mind <text. clears throat> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, God had my number early on. Uh, 18 years old, I had gone to my girlfriend's house at the time, and uh, she was a single daughter uh, to a single parent. Um, her mother was very protective, and her mom was supposed to be gone at a church retreat. She went to Bethel Church, still, still our home church to this day, even though I'm in Texas now, amazing church. But she was supposed to be gone at a church retreat all weekend, and she came home Saturday night for some reason. She felt like God told her to. Mm. So I was at her house. And Jennifer's boyfriend before me was sitting on her bed in the middle of the daytime. And her mom went off the, flew off the handle. You get out of my daughter's room. You got no business in there. You get out of there. And so here it is 11 o'clock at night and I'm in her room with her. We're not doing anything, but I'm in there and her mom comes home. So we're waiting for her mom to go off. <laughs> and man. She, <laughs> oh man. We're just waiting for the shoe to drop. You know, she opens the door and Jennifer and she says, yeah. She comes back in the room and opens the door and she says, what's going on? And Jennifer said, well, we're just hanging out. And then her mom said, the unthinkable. Is he staying the night? Mm. I mean, we couldn't even believe she was asking. Wow. Was she serious? And so she said, uh, Jennifer said, yeah, he was going to. <laughs> and then her mom asked this question that forever changed my life. She said, well, are you at least going to go to church tomorrow? Wow. And I said, oh, here's my chance to look like a goody two shoes. I said, we can go to my grandpa's church. Kind of like, hint, hint, my grandpa's a pastor. Mm. I hadn't been going to church, but I was trying to look good in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how Jehovah Sneaky Papa is. You know, he, he was okay with that. So the next day, I find myself at church. I woke up that next morning. I hadn't drank anything. I hadn't smoked anything. And that full gospel, my grandpa was a Kojic minister, Church of God in Christ minister for 53 years. This full gospel church, you know, the choir singing. And then somebody in the crowd would stand up and the choir would quiet down and the person would testify and they'd share what God was doing in their life. And it was becoming evident to me, person after person doing this, that God was not only real and working in people's lives, but I was not only missing out, but I was doing the devil's work. Wow. I had my pager on in church, mm. wow. which it, it did not go off one time during that three hour service. <laughs> <laughs> really Divine the appointment there. Right. <laughs> so after... Several people stood up. I saw this little, uh, the church mother, 80-something little black lady, stood up, and she said she went to the window, and she saw this big clock in the sky, and she said hands, the hands were winding down fast. She said time is running out, and people got to get right. Time is running out, people got to get right. And I just broke. I'm like, here, here I am, this hardened, drug-dealing thug, crying in church, wow. understanding my need for God wow. and how off I was. And I stood up and I said, I'm just glad I'm still here after 18 years. And the power of God and his love flooded me. And I literally took off running circles around the church. Wow. The choir's going crazy. My grandpa's going crazy. I got back to my seat and I felt like a thousand tons of weights were lifted off yeah. my shoulders. Yeah. Things visibly looked different yeah. to me. And I remember thinking, I can leave everything in this world behind. But what about this girl, Jennifer? I really like this girl. And I felt like God said to me, don't worry about her. Just focus on me right now. 
But when I did turn and look at her, she had her hands raised. She had tears streaming down her cheek. And God spoke to me and said, there's your bride. So we got, we got married six months later and we celebrated 25 years of marriage this year. Amen. Wow. You know that, you know, all those people you see in that shirt, that's the hope, you know, you know, that's the hope. Wow. And then he's taken that and now taking hope to the world, to the country, everyone. Yeah. That is so well, I'd love to say, uh, thank you. God is good. You know, that's, I love to say it was all peaches and cream after that, but life is pretty much rated R. Mm. Right. <laughs> and my, my heart wasn't still cleaned up. I was set free. I walked away from everything. Um, but I still had that bitterness down inside my heart that I didn't even know was there. I still had some ungodly beliefs that I didn't realize were guiding my life. I began to, um, succeed in business. I started my first company when I was 20. By the time I was 24, we were doing $2 million a year in sales, a small business owner with $200,000 a month going through his account. I felt like I was walking on water. And, uh, and in doing that, I, I, I left my, my former love. You know, I, I stopped doing the daily things and to seek God. And I found myself back in places where, uh, I wasn't strong enough. It probably shouldn't have been, mm. you know, in the bars and, mm-hmm. and that turned into partying at home and drinking. And that opened the door back up to, uh, well, when the, when the parties, you know, you don't want the party to end, what do you do? Mm. You know, you, you sniff something, you keep it going. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I had a, I had my business collapse and, uh, the depression and the drinking led to, uh, cocaine use. And then one night, I went with a friend of mine to get some Coke. I thought it was Coke. And he said, uh, we got this stuff and it wasn't hard like Coke and you couldn't chop it up. He said, well, let's smoke it. And so uh, I said, okay. And I took a hit and he said, that was crack. And that led to two and a half year addiction to crack cocaine mm-hmm. that almost ended in my overdose. I literally, uh, two and a half years later, my wife, towards the end of that time, I had kept it from her. She didn't know what was going on. She just knew something wasn't right. Wow. How she could you hide food. crack? Weren't you paranoid all the time around her then? Yeah, I, I had, you know, I was managing the best I could. I wow. wouldn't do it during the daytime. Yeah. Um, at, at first, you know, it would be an evening thing and then I'd come home really, really late. And then I would just try to not act too weird and go right. to sleep. Right. That's and, a lot of that's um, addictions, a lot of work, right? crack addiction, Jack, I'll tell you, you know, when you're trying to hide that addiction, I can't believe that's it. It's hard. The paranoia and everything and trying to, you're, you're thinking through, I mean, people, I just, I can't believe it. That's in it, but it's, that's how power of the power of the drug. And let me tell you, I want to say, I want to interject one thing about crack. You will pass a lie detector test and say, I'm going to do this, but then you can't. Wow. You know, you know, isn't that right, David? You know, it's just uh, it overtakes you. It overtakes you where you can't. You're going, you know, especially when you're high on it. Even if they're calling, you gotta, you can't. You get too paranoid to even answer the phone because you don't. You gotta t- come up with an excuse. I missed holidays. I was uh, uh, holidays where I would never miss a, you know, Christmas or whatever. I'm going. Well, I'll be right there, and then I'm just gonna do one hit of crack, and it's over. You know. Yep. Uh, That's all it takes. Yeah, you, you literally have no control. It's almost like you are inside your body. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like I was for, for a large part of that time, just crying, right. just crying out, mm-hmm. you know, wishing you could stop, yeah. but you're just on autopilot. Yeah. Your body just needs it and craves it. Mm-hmm. 
so she had moved out. She took the kids. Um, my business was failing. I had had multiple businesses throughout the years, but my business at that time was failing. I had, uh, gotten a front of an ounce of, uh, cocaine and I was going to rock it up and we would just smoke it every night. And one night I took a hit and I kept it in, I guess, too long. And my eyeballs started going up and down faster than you can make your eyeballs go up and down. And I purposely didn't look at my friend that was there because I didn't want him to freak out. In that moment, when I literally felt like my heart was racing, like I could die, I heard the voice of God say to me, don't freak out. Don't freak out. This will pass. This will pass. And it lasted about 60 seconds before my eyes finally stopped going up and down. And then uh, I didn't even say anything to my friend that I was with that night. The next morning, I did call my friend that had introduced me to the drug. And I told him what happened. And he said, David Harris, you need to stop. He said, if you would have panicked, your heart would have exploded. You'd be dead. And that was your dealer? That was your dealer? Well, he was my friend, actually. He was my friend. He was the one that, you know, said, let's get this, uh, let's get some Coke and knew it was crack. And he smoked it and kind of uh, tricked me into it. You know, Misery Likes Company. Yep, yep. Wow. So I shared that with him. Uh, This is, again, just God's grace you know, that I'm still here and that he's doing what he's doing. And, and I've got the access and the avenues to even be on your guys' show today is just a testament to how good God is and how amazing his grace is. But it was Sunday morning. I had smoked everything I had. I owed the dealer a bunch of money. I threw all the tools away. I literally come to the end of myself. I was like, I've made my life a mess. My wife has left. My kids are gone. You know, my, my business is over. I've got nothing God, help me, please. And I heard him say, go to church. Now, uh, I argued with God for a little bit because my church that I had not been going to for years, Bethel Church in Reading is huge. There's thousands of people there. And I said, it's, it's like 1130 on a Sunday. You know how packed it's going to be? And I heard him say, go to church. <laughs> so when I stopped arguing with God, I got in the car, turned on K-Love, thank God for a Christian radio, And he just met me in the car and I bawled like a baby all the way to church. I show up to church, probably 165 pounds. I'm 250 now. So it tells you how sunken in I was. And you're in shape. (laughs) Yeah. And I definitely take care of myself these days. But uh, I show up to, I I show up to the church. I, I turn left on the road that only leads to the church and there's cars lining the road. Like it's that packed. Get all the way up to where the top of the hill is where you can see the church And both parking lots I see are packed. And then I see a sign that says parking lot full. And I drive right past it. And the very first parking spot was open. So I parked. (laughs) Lucky Jesus. I walk inside and the overflow seating is full. We had bleachers in the back of the church at this time. The bleachers are packed. And I get a tap on my shoulder. A lady says, are you looking for a seat? You can have mine. I'm right in the middle. Third row from the front on the left. So I'm kind of looking up in the sky like, okay, God. I go and I sit down and the pastor is just getting up to speak, Eric Johnson. And he says, today I'm going to talk about the prodigal son coming home and walking to, into his inheritance. <laughs> wow. And uh, I listened to that message. I told one of the pastors that hadn't seen me for years, Chris Valentin, I told him what I was dealing with, that I almost OD'd. And he just said, bro, David, that's not you. And he put his hand on my chest and just prayed for like five solid minutes. It felt like his hand just went through my being. And uh, I got completely delivered with no withdrawals, never touched it again after that day. 
totally set free. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. That's hope. Three months later, yeah, God hope. restored my marriage. Oh, wow. He, uh, he met my wife. I mean, it's stuff only God could do. You know, it's supposed to be a six-month waiting period before the divorce is final. The last day before the divorce, divorce would have been final. God meets her, encounters her, and shows her that she's meant to be with me. I can paraphrase, but she sends me text messages. She reaches out to me and she says, I don't want to give up on us. She says, I don't want to give up on us. I feel like we're supposed to be together. So that was April 1st, 2011. And uh, yeah, still, still not peaches and cream, but I haven't had to deal with the addiction issues right. like I had in the past. Now it's just life stuff like most normal folks. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> wow. wow. So, <laughs> so, uh, so similarities. Man, just, uh, man, just hearing your story. Oh, it's so inspiring. David, hope. Hope. And hearing this, this what you're about, Mike, I mean, why don't you just briefly tell David a little bit about what you're doing because I think God has really called yeah, us what I'm, what I'm, What I'm doing, David, is uh, this Lindell Recovery Network. You know, addicts, when you see stories of addicts out there and everyone says, you know, here was my bottom, and they tell people tell their bottoms. Well, now, if you're an addict, you might not. Let's say that out there, there's a 22-year-old heroin addict out there. He might not relate to that, you know, other than, I mean, all these all these wounds we talk about with fathers and, and childhood and stuff, they all manifest into these addictions. We all know that. There's the pains that we try and mask and the unworthiness spirit. But but one of the things I'm doing is I'm gonna, with my network when it comes out, all these videos i have hundreds of them and it's the commonality of the drug so i do all they do is say you know these, these people have all been set free and they say what they don't like about the drug so if i was going to do crack i would say i didn't like about crack i didn't like uh being paranoid peeking out the windows making promises i couldn't keep i didn't find like finding chore boy or running out of baking soda or whatever it was buying a stealing a set of a spoon from a restaurant now, if you're a crack addict out there you know what i'm talking about but now you see yeah. a pic- now you see a picture of me, and you know I've been set free. So on my website, you're going to put in your age and your addiction. And that if, let's say it's meth, I didn't like you know taking stealing uh, t- just a piece of tin foil from the convenience store. You know, just the commonality. But you see hundreds of them, hundreds wow. of them coming across, and you go, "Wow, I want what they have." Mm. And then you know where you're going to get that. You know where you're going to find the help is, is on my website, Jack and, and David. You're gonna you're gonna have to get a code. And you're going to get this code. You can only get the code in the churches that I vetted. I vetted over 3,000 churches already. You got to go get that code. You got to sit through one service, and then you're going to get wow. a code. And then you come back to my website and you open it up. And I'm the tour guy of the website. And now you're going to have all the help you want. These different outlets, stuff, stuff that's never been done before. But you are wow. going to get back to church or a loved one. A loved one, you can send a loved one there. You know, maybe a, maybe your aunt Bunny will run there and she'll go to church and she'll. But someone's got to sit through that service. Right. Someone's yeah. got to sit through that service, and the churches are going to pass out the codes to the churches. So if you're a member of the church, you can get a code. If you have anybody addicted, you know, you know that addiction affects everyone. Everyone in this country doesn't matter how many yeah. forks you eat with nowadays. You know, you could eat with five yes. forks or no forks. It don't matter. Addiction affects us all. And these yeah. three, and this is going to bring people back to the church. 
you give me hope for what my platform, because you're telling me all, you just went to church that morning. I mean, this was a divine yeah. appointment right here on this radio show. Amen. You give me yeah. hope that this platform I have is going to work because you did, you went to a church and that planted seeds, even though you didn't completely surrender, whatever, but you, you know, get be set free of the, uh, the, of the, of the drugs you did. That was your seed. And it was a very big seed planted that day. You just have it. You just had to have a few more things happen before you went back to that church. That's right. Man, amen, I amen. I that church that very next week, and I'll tell you, the very same parking spot was open. It took me out. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. Well, when, when, right. when, when those gates of heaven open for you, man, and God <laughs> sends amazing to you, brother, he keeps the point. He keeps the point. But, but, but David, if you don't mind, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back, uh, and you can tell us a little bit about what you have going on now. Uh, I'm Jack Brewer Thank with you, Mike brother. Lindell. We will be right back. To take advantage of Mike's special offer, buy one set of Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free, call 1-800-958-1819 and use the promo code LEVEL. That's 1-800-958-1819, promo code LEVEL, or online at MyPillow.com. Don't forget the promo code LEVEL. Welcome back to Level Headed. I am still emotional after that last segment, the Hope segment. Yeah. Welcome back, David, man. Thank you so much. Definitely a pleasure and honor to be on here with you guys. So, David, as we as we wrap up, man, I don't want to rush you, but just you tell us about your book. Tell us about your platform. You know, you like Mike said, man, you define being level headed. Yeah, I, I'm just reading about it here. I'm going, you know, why why I couldn't stay silent? I mean, I'm looking at this and, and reading the thing here, and I'm going, this is this is a lot of my story here with the platform. Right. You get people like David and myself, and all, we got to get the word out there. You know? Right, platform for Jesus. Yep, talk absolutely. to us, David. Well, it is ultimately everything that I do. Heaven oozes out of me. I can't. I can't stay silent about him. Um, after the third debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, I hopped on and ranted for about 14 minutes as a Christian, as a father, as a husband, as a member of the black community. This is what I feel is at stake for our country, and the video went viral. 400,000 plus views. I was flooded with messages from men, women, Hispanic, black, Asian, white, that said, "You know what? I was going to vote for Hillary." Maybe my whole family were, are Democrats, but because of your message, I've got to support Trump because it's a support for life. Wow. It's a very pro-life message. So that started me on the journey in social media, where now I'm on all four major platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find me at David J. Harris Jr. I've got about 1.3 million followers on all those platforms. I have a daily show where I share current events, politics, share my perspective on what's happening in our country. Uh, I wrote that book, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent, that shares why I support this president. I expose the liberal leftist media for what they've been trying to do to our country. I talk about what I believe the new civil rights movement is that's happening in our country. I even have a chapter in there on Kanye West because of what I felt God was doing in and through Kanye. It was going to have massive effects on the black community in our country. Uh, you can find that at my website, DavidHarrisJr.com. Uh, I started a podcast uh, it's on Google Play, iTunes, uh, David J. Harris Jr. Show. I'm, a, I'm officially a part of the Trump campaign on Black Voices for Trump. I'm an advisory board. So to think about where God brought me from, where I was at, to where I'm at right now, what I'm engaged with, you know, who I'm meeting, you know, being able to be on your guys' show, Jack and Mike, uh, it's just proof and evidence of what God can do with a life that just says yes to him. 
Absolutely, yeah, David. Did. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in the greatest revival of, our, of in history. I believe that. And uh, and you're, you're David's another one. You're another one, David. This part of this, uh, it's just a divine appointment. He's on the show today. Yeah, we were talking about that. I'm going. You know what God's done in His life to bring Him to where He is now, involved in this great revival. You know, it's just this is what God can do. I mean, you look at this with God, all things are possible. All things, and and it, it makes me think about. The verses in the Bible, you always talk about the great men in the Bible, but they had one thing in common, and that was they unified. Uh, and, and God teaches us that when we unify in prayer and we, and we support each other, yep. and Mike, that's what you've done for me, brother. And when I met David, the first thing I said to him was, you got to meet Mike Lindell. Your stories are the same. Yeah. But I know when we, when we support each other, that's, that's how we yes. serve God. That's how we show the world. It's, that, it's through that service. Mm-hmm. You got to have servant hearts. And I think we're all about that. And that's what Level Head is about. I hate the Raptors show up, yeah. uh, but we got to go. Uh, time yeah. is up. But man, David, promise us you'll come back on the show, brother. Absolutely. Would love to. Be an honor. Great. Mike, any final words? God bless you all. And this has been a Level Headed episode I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Everybody, a couple words of encouragement. Live your words through the work of your hands. Go out and touch somebody. Go out and love somebody. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell, David Harris. And you know what I want to say is don't live in fear. Get, the, get it out there. But, you know, what you believe in, get Jesus' name out there. Amen. Praise him. Level-headed, we're out of here. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River, where the weather conditions are perfect for one crop, cotton. My bed sheets are ultra soft, breathable, and extremely durable. They come in a variety of colors, and now for a limited time, when you use your promo code, I'll give you my best offer ever. Buy one set of my Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. I guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. To take advantage of Mike's special offer, buy one set of Giza Dream Sheets and get another set absolutely free. Call 1-800-958-1819 and use the promo code LEVEL. That's 1-800-958-1819. Promo code LEVEL. Or online at MyPillow.com. Don't forget the promo code LEVEL.